you're listening to the Web Marketing Adelaide Podcast. We give you the tips and strategies to help you utilize the web to get more traffic, leads and sales for your business. Now here's your host, Nick Morris. Welcome back, everyone, to the Web Marketing Adelaide Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Morris, and today we're talking with Pratib from Silver Whale about forecasting uh, your new business idea. Uh, g'day, Pratib. How are you going? Hey, Nick. How are you? Good, mate. Great. Um, now, before before we sort of get stuck into the the questions I've got here for you on the sort of the forecasting uh, thing, uh, how about you just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, about what you do? Yeah, cool. Um, my name is Pratib. Basically, I'm the director of Silver Whale Private Limited. And what we do in Silverwell is basically to provide financial projection for a new business idea or projects. And that's what's what we do. Sometimes we also perform some additional research to make sure that the assumptions and the fundamentals that we use in the projections are accurate. Most of the times the research will be done by the business um, idea owner. And usually we'll just back that research up using our financial figures and that's what we'll do. And most of the times, Customers or clients try to do a financial projection to see the viability or how much the value for the business idea that they can get from investors and also for like just for decision making purposes. And yeah, that's, where, that's how we met. We are trying to like help a lot of startups and encourage startups to do financial projections before actually embark in their adventurous journey. Great, great. And do you tend to work with the particular type of business or is it fairly across the board? Or um, So far, I don't really specialize in anything because every for me, every business idea is very unique by its own. It's just very hard to generalize everything. And so and it's, it just creates a big opportunity for me to learn different models and and just to learn how the business operates. And I can learn about different industry as well by just not focusing on certain industry. So that's kind of like been my focus since I started business. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's get started on the, the topic. I've got a bunch of questions here to ask, so we'll get stuck into them. Uh, you, the first yeah. one I've got here, you've kind of already touched on it briefly in your introduction there, but, it's, but the question is, um, why is it important to do financial predictions uh, when you have a new business idea? Yeah, I think that is a very good question, Nick, because um, most of the businesses should know the answer for this. And I would like to steal some business tips from Sir Richard Branson. And one of the things that he used to propose is that um, in any of his adventure, he always plan ahead on what to do if he hit the water, how to survive if it's not turning up as how he plans to turn up. And I think that kind of like summarized the need for financial projection because um with financial projections, you can it can basically assist you in decision making. It gives you different scenarios, a tool to give you different scenarios on what to do when something goes wrong. Let's say, for example, one of your material co- costs goes up, and and you can basically see with just like a in two seconds on what's the impact going to be on your profit and loss, and based on that, you can make some fair judgment on what to do next okay should i increase the customer or should i try to negotiate and get a better deal from the from the supplier or you might you might realize that the impact is not that much on your profit and life you might think that you know that's fine i can basically like go on with this and obviously for decision making that's the main reason why we need financial projection and the for me 
I think if someone asks me the need for financial projection, I always tell them the three big reasons. One is for decision making. Second is to complete their business plan. And third, for seeking investment. On the second point, um, there's two sides of argument. Do we really need business plan or do we, can we just go on with that project idea? For me, I'll try to stick that we need a business plan, but it does not have to be a 60 pages document. It can be very short and concise. It's a roadmap. It's a guideline to tell you how you're going to run your business. And you have to make sure that a business owner covers all the fundamentals of a business. And business plan helps you to like identify what are the aspects that are missing from your business. And that's where financial projection comes in. It basically supports all the assumption, the pricing model, the business model that you have created for your business idea. And, and that's the reason why for complete your business plan, you need financial projections. And the third main reason is for seeking investment. And a um, lot of investors are particularly very interested with return on investment and with financial projection, it helps you to identify the return on investment for your business idea. For a running business, it's very easy. Usually investors use um, multiply of earnings. If let's say, for example, my business is earning $100,000 a year at, at this point of time, and usually investors will just use a multiply of like five or six or seven. And then that's the value of the business they will willing to pay for. And for a startup business, it's very hard to tell them that this is how much you will be earning in four to five years down the road if you don't have a financial projection. That's where financial projection comes into the picture. It does not have to be, um, how do I put it, like full in detail, like exactly how much a pen in your business is going to cost, how much a ruler is going to cost, but it has to cover like stationary expenses. It has to cover like electric expenses and it has to be uh, valid and a logical sequence of numbers. And that's what financial projection is all about. It's just some inputs and outputs. It's not very complex. So, so I think those are the three reasons why we need financial projections. Great. Yeah. I mean, it's something that probably a lot of people, including myself, when I started my business, mm. um, probably don't really think about. They've got this idea and they might not have all of the, 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 uh, the inputs and the outputs sort of in their heads and they sort of just jump into it and they start off their business idea and then later down the track they find, oh, you know, maybe we should have planned this better. So I think getting this kind of information out, uh, doing this interview, for instance, um, is a good step, a good, good, good learning process for people start, um, you know, thinking of starting a business or a startup or the, in the early yeah. stages. Um, it seems yeah, to really make sense. Funny. Yeah. Um, what, what are some of the tools that you use to do the predictions or to, um, to, to run it? For me, I'm personally very happy with Microsoft Excel and I've been an Excel user for the past six, seven years. So, um, and, I think the main reason why I prefer to use there are other um, sophisticated financial models out there, but for a layman terms and for a lot of other business owners who are very, how do I put it? They are very specialized in their own area, in their own product, but to convey the message to them, to communicate with them. And they can also work on Microsoft Excel by themselves. They don't have to like get a specialized knowledge to use the financial projections because when I build a financial projection, I want the user to use it on a daily basis. I want them to go on and make some mistakes, make some changes, learn how the whole projection works. And for that reason, Microsoft Excel is a very good tool. And there are a lot of forums you know, in the internet that teaches a lot of skills and a lot of tips on how to improvise your financial models. So in that sense, I use Microsoft Excel. 
And the second tool that I use is definitely the internet. It's a very good place to do your research. And usually what I try to do is, um, if let's say I'm building a financial projection for a, for a restaurant, for example, I try to contact restaurant owners and ask them, what are the expenses? What are the things that you have to include in your monthly budget? So that gives me some idea on like, what are the things that I have to include in my own financial projection? And one of the very good websites that I sometimes I use is um, Quora.com. I'm not very sure if you have heard about it. It's basically like uh, a- Quora? Yeah. Yeah. It's basically like, yeah, like a, a Q, Q session. Yeah, Q&A session. There are a lot of things that you can learn from there, like how to do your financial projections. And they always recommend top-down and bottom-up approach. So top-down from a sales perspective, like how many percentage of the target market you want to target, how many percentage you can convert that for your sales, for your business. Whereas bottom-up approach comes from a cost perspective, like how much your product going to cost per like cost per product, how much is that going to be, or cost per person, how much it's going to be. So you have to include bottom-up and top-down approach when building the financial projection, and Excel is a very good tool for that, so I'm very happy with Excel. Great, great. I like what you mentioned there about um, you want the business owner to use it every day. So obviously you're, develop, you're uh, delivering something to them that they're going to continue using, as you say, as opposed to like just a, a graph saying, you know, here's the projection. It's something that they can... Um, as you said in the beginning, they can plug in a new cost of a part or a particular you know, supply that they have yeah. that will update or, or whatever. Yes, and I think um, that's the main function, main feature of the projection that we build in Silverville. What we do is we try to make sure the financial projection model is as dynamic as possible. So anyone can go in and change the assumption, whatever number you can put in, and it should produce the output that it should produce based on the formula that we have built at the back of the model. And we try to make it as user-friendly as possible because um, we can't be there to a day-to-day -day basis to tell them that these are the things that you can change, but just making them as user-friendly as could, it helped the business owner to make daily decisions. And even before we pass the completed projection model back to the client, we'll make sure that they understand how to use it in and out. So that kind of like helped them as well. And sometimes they try to like come back to us and tell us that, you know what, um, I tried to include um, three other cost elements, but it's not allowing me to do. Can you help me to teach? And we are more than happy to like just assist them, just to coach them throughout the journey and to uh, basically for them to like be a very um, compatible user with the financial model that they have. Hmm. Ah, sounds good. Uh, what are some of the inputs that you need? I mean, you mentioned that you do some research and you actually reach out to, to businesses already in that industry, which mm -hmm. is, uh, seems like a really good idea. But what yeah. are some of the general inputs that people, but pretty much every business, I guess, would need to put in? Um, it really depends on the complexity of the business. Some business is very simple, very simple model to follow. Some follows a very, um, I won't say complicated, more like challenging model. So um, in that sense, it really depends on the complexity of the business. But to give you some um, info, you can probably use a lot of accounting inputs. Like, for example, um, you have your financial statements. You can look at a sample of financial statement for your business. Let's say, for example, you want to operate a... Let's come back to the restaurant example. And you can, you can over the internet, you can try to find out a lot of like financial statements for restaurants. And based on that, you will have some input on what are the things that you have to look out for. And those are the inputs that we will use in our projection. What we do is usually we'll sit down with the client try to understand all the business assumptions. And for me, 
in a financial model, assumption is the most important part. If you can get your assumption as accurate as possible, then your financial model should reflect as close to reality. So in that sense, for me, the assumption is the biggest part. I will definitely recommend clients to spend more time on coming up with their own assumption or their own business assumptions. Sometimes what happens is that um, most of the times, like clients kind of like overestimate the sales figures, like um, obviously because that's their own idea, they have a huge confidence for the business and stuff. And that's where I come here. I try to challenge that idea. I try to like put on my black hat and tell them that, you know what, are you very sure you can get 10 to 20% when research have shown that a new startup can only get 10% of the total established market. So anything more than 10% can be seen as overestimation. But in some idea, the idea can be really good where 20% is such a good um, ideal target. So the assumption is the, like, the biggest input that everyone has to get right. On the assumption, right, one of the assumptions that I think every business should consider is that um, how long can they take to get the number of customers that they need to break even in their business. So hmm. most of the times, businesses have a great idea on like, okay, I need 10 to 20 customers to keep this business going month-to-month basis. But do they know how long it will take to get the 10 to 20 customers? So that is a very important piece. And also cost per customer, they have to know exactly how much they have to spend to get one customer in the door. And that is another input that they have to consider. And um, anything that related to product, any cost that related to product has to be considered. For marketing expenses, it's very important. We kind of like underestimate marketing expenses a lot of times. So that is, a, that is where like experiences and talking to your business mentor or like um, your, your coach, business coach that can help you to say that, you know what, I think your marketing expenses is too low for your kind of business. You won't want to like increase your marketing expenses. So those are the inputs that we always look out for. Yeah, that's uh, really interesting. Um, some of those things I would have thought would be difficult to grasp early on in the, you know, as, as they're starting the business or beforehand, such as the cost per customer. Mm. Um, how, what are some of the ways, do you, is it just for, from sort of talking to other businesses and doing research, can you mm. get fairly accurate with these numbers or is it more something that you sort of get as accurate as you can and then you can refine over time? Um, I think your last sentence is very accurate. Like you should get it as close as possible and then refine it over time. Because I believe cost per customer should decrease over time because your brand is already out there. So you don't have to like incur as much as cost when you started. But you can talk to your competitors. Some companies are very helpful. Like you'll be very surprised when um, some customers call their competitors. You can be very honest with them. You know, I want to try to open a business such as this how much, you know, like what are the things that you consider and how, how much do you spend to get your customer? Sometimes you have to do some mystery shopping. You have to, you have to act like as though you're coming from research companies and stuff. And, and it's totally legal to do that. You're not lying or cheating. You're just gathering some research for your own business idea, which is totally fine. And you can also do some questionnaires and talking with your real customers. Go to them, tell them this is what you're planning to sell. How much were you willing to pay it for? And questions that you can ask is, um, where do you find this kind of business to help you out? What's the, how do you find this business to help you out? And they will give you some ideas on what are the advertisement mediums or tools that you can use. 
and from there you can get a fairly rough idea on like how much cost is going to you know take you to get that customer in in your door absolutely yeah i mean i think I think, you know, as you say, some people might be a little bit apprehensive about sort of calling their competitors, uh, mm, but it, mm. if, they're, if they're willing to help, but um, that, that's great. And if they're not, yeah. you, you might have to sort of get your hands dirty a little bit and do some mystery shopping. But it, it's yeah, all yeah. important information you need for building, making sure this business idea, you know, has the ability to, to get off the ground. And uh, something that sort of just came to me. Um, do, does your consulting or does your um, financial uh, projection sort of process, does it, uh, you were able to advise uh, how much um, sort of startup capital people need for a business or is that sort of a separate um, thing? That's a very good question. Based on the projections, based on the business model, we are very good in a very good position to advise them this is the how much capital they need. We can definitely do that because um, we always try to maintain cash flow positive for their business. So in that sense, we try to like um, identify, we try to like estimate the capital upfront before they start the business. And, but the thing is, uh, it also depends on how much they're willing to spend as well. Like if let's say they say that, you know, I only have like 10,000 as my capital, then we have to work with that. We have to tell them that, hey, you know what, you might want to like get more capital or you might want to like decrease the cost per product, you can do this kind of thing to decrease the cost per product. So that kind of like play around with your own capital. But yeah, you're definitely right, Nick. Like based on the financial projection, we can definitely advise them how much capital they need. But that's yeah, not I mean, the, yeah, but that's not going to be the final um, figure because when you really start the business, there could be additional cost that, that being incurred. Or you might realize that, you know, the capital has been um, overestimated. You have more money in your bank, which is always good. So, um, so, so in that sense, like it really depends on like how you're running the business once the once you have launched your business. Yeah, I mean, it, it um, occurred to me that um, I mean, I was talking with Trevor Glenn a few weeks ago in an episode mm-hmm. about lean startup methodologies, and it, and it yeah. occurred to me that this um, sort of approach where you have a um, this forecasting document, your Excel spreadsheet, which is able to be, where the inputs and assumptions are able to be changed, it seems to fit well with a sort of a lean startup approach. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, very, very good point, Nick. Like, I'm a very big fan of lean methodology. Like, I've been to their trainings and all those things. And one of the one of the books that I would recommend to all startup to read is the Hundred Dollars Startup. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I've, I've heard so, of that, but um. Yeah. It's it's something like I think pretty similar to four hour week book, and it kind of like gives you different ideas on how you can launch your business with a very limited, uh, capital, and which is always good. What I try to propose to customers is that you should always launch your business with your own money. Try to sell few products with your own money, and once you have a established track record of sales and then go to investors and then pitch to investors because then you have more demand power. Investors will not be telling you how much your business earns, whereas you can tell them that, hey, I've managed to sell 10 to 15 products in just one month. This is going to be a big hit and you should invest in this. It just gives you more buying power when it comes to speaking and negotiating with investors. So that's my proposal. Like Obviously, it really did. Some, some businesses need huge capital at start, Manufacturing organization is a perfect example. They need huge capital to like lease the machineries, to buy the plant and factory and all those things. So in that sense, the lean startup, lean methodology can still help them to minimize the cost. 
but obviously the capital as won't be as small as other business models out there. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but uh, certainly for the smaller businesses that I haven't got that that massive uh, cost behind them, that's something they should be looking into. And hundred dollars startup, I've heard that recommended by others, so it's on my list of uh, books to read. But yeah, I'll put, yeah, I'll put oh. a link in the in the show notes uh, from any of my listeners who want to check it out. Yes. Okay, the next question I've got here is uh, perhaps a little bit of a tricky one. What happens if a projection doesn't turn out to be accurate or, or sort of starts to go off um, the, the biz- direction of the business starts to sort of diverge from the projection? Yeah. Um, to be honest, most of the times, I think all the times, the projections will not be as accurate as, as the real life. But I think this is where we have to understand the use of financial projection. Financial projection is a dynamic roadmap. It tells you where to go, how to get there. When you're actually traveling on the roadmap, you might find that, hey, I might use route A. It's shorter, it's nearer, and it's cost-free for me. So those are the things that you might want to like consider when someone's doing the financial projection. It does not have to be 100% accurate. And if it's 100% accurate, then I think there's something wrong with the financial projection because or the way we are doing the business because you want to prove the financial projection wrong. You want to prove in the sense that you want to tell the, hey, I can make more money than what I've already projected or I can reduce the cost compared to the one that I've already estimated before I launched the business. So which is very good, but a dynamic projection helps you to like do all these changes when you're doing the business. And to get it as close to real life, you have to, I think there's two different research you can do. One is try to get some data from primary research and secondary research. Primary research is where you can do like speaking to your customers, speaking to competitors, speaking to business mentors. Um, you can also like, I've, I've involved with two different startups before and what we did was that we basically went and approached our customers, gave them a questionnaire and asked them to answer a few set of questions. And they were very happy to do it. There was nothing for them to like, we didn't have, even have to give them any complimentary gift or anything. They were more than happy to help us out. And that gave us a very, very, very useful information because that's coming straight from the customer. And I think that's a very good way of like gathering some information on whether your product has a demand or not in the market before actually go into it. And if there is a demand, you can ask them a lot of questions on how much are you willing to pay for this kind of services? Or how much are you willing to pay for this product? And that gives you a rough idea on your pricing model as well. So... And then secondary research is where you try to get into industry-wide data or research. There are a lot of research being done in a lot of industries, so you can go into that, you can tap into that. Um, universities usually have a lot of research papers done on a lot of business and entrepreneurship, so you can always access this report and try to get more information on it. And, and yeah, so with primary and secondary way of research data, you can definitely build a financial model that is close enough to help you to predict or estimate the money or the expenses that you're going to incur in the future. Great. That's, that's good. Uh, let me see if I can try and uh, summarize it a little bit, uh, make sure I'm understanding correctly. Yeah. So it sounds like um, the, the forecasting uh, sort of product that you're providing specifically is, um, like you said, the Excel spreadsheet. And it's a lot about uh, a lot of the sort of the accuracy or the, the results of the, of the forecast depend on the assumptions and the inputs that you're putting Absolutely. into that spreadsheet. 
Yeah. And um and in order to make a better forecast, you need to make sure that your inputs and assumptions are accurate and um updated if they need to be. And and you mentioned some of the ways you can do that with your primary and secondary research. Yeah. Yep. And also also sort of changing it over time. And mm. uh, something else to keep in mind is that um it's it's a roadmap. It's not necessarily you know exactly what's going to happen it's more of a guarding more for making decisions and you should also keep in mind that you should always be be trying to break the forecast in in that you want to make more sales um uh, you don't you don't want to let it limit you uh, yeah so it has to be uh, i think i think like another another one thing that i can also like help you out to understand how important financial projection is that um let's say for example um there's a short supply in your materials and you have to like you know incur some cost to get a material from a different different supplier and that's going to that's going to impact your costing but you might decide that you're not going to do anything with your costing or you might decide that you know what I need to get more customers in for this month to get the same level of profit and but how do we decide how many customers do we get it's a very hard thing if you have a financial projection then it's very hard to tell you that hey guess what you just need another three more customers so it's quite easy for you to like find three more customers to cover the additional cost so those are the things that can help you if you have a proper financial projection and not only that like um i think one of the most important thing for a for a business is to always maintain cash flow positive like a business can be earning 1 million dollar per annum but if it's cash flow negative then it's going to be very hard to pay suppliers pay um expenses or even emergency funds so financial projection helps you to maintain cash flow positive it helps you to tell that these are the costs that you need to cover the minimum level of cost you need to cover to maintain cash flow positive so that's where financial projection helps a lot as well yeah definitely um cash flow it can be a tricky one for sure mm-hmm. something i've uh sort of noticed when I was starting my business with uh, almost no idea what I was doing <laughs> yeah and um i think all of us on the same boat i guess like when we start in our business <laughs> yeah so uh definitely uh, if if um you know uh, more of my listeners or people watching this video are in the position where they're about to start a business then uh get on top of your financial forecasting could des- definitely be something to help you out along the way Um the last question I've got here which you've kind of already covered to some degree but it's um uh how can how can or should projections affect so the day to day decision making uh of um business owner can you give us some examples i mean you you mentioned sort of the supplier thing if you need to get a different supplier are there any other yeah. examples you can think of um i think another good example is that one of the from my own experience what happened was that um one of the cuz the business project idea was a seasonal idea so in summer it is a hot product in winter it's not a very hot product so how do you do a financial projection for that so in that sense the sales projection for summer will be very high will be very optimistic whereas for winter will be very um how do i put it very um conservative um projection so um that was a very good project because it really challenged me to think that okay so what is the minimum level of of customers that you have to get in winter to keep your business going in summer you can go out get as much as customer you need whereas in winter these are the minimum level of customers that you have to get to operate the business because obviously in business there are fixed costs and a uh, variable costs 
as long as you're covering your fixed costs, you should be happy or the business was quite okay to cover the fixed costs in winter. So I was, the financial projection was there to help them to identify the number of customers they have to get just to cover the fixed costs. Well, in summer, when the variable, because the variable cost increases with number of products that they sell. So in that sense, it was quite all right to get more customers in. But in summer, so in winter, they managed to identify like, all right, that's cool. We just have to get three to five more customers just to cover the fixed cost. So that's another example on how financial projection helps seasonal business. So that's one example. Yeah, another example that I'm trying to think was that um, I was thinking before this meeting, um, I'm just trying to like figure out what idea was it. Uh, do, 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 do. Yes, return on investment. I think um, what happened was that this business was seeking investment of, if I'm not mistaken, um, $10,000 from two investors and two investors had different return on investment. And obviously, um, as you might know, return on investment is basically return that they're getting from money they invested in the business. And we have to make sure that the businesses who are seeking the investment are, com are comfortable to offer the rate of return that the investors are seeking for. So doing a financial projection, help them to tell them that if you're taking $10,000, your safe or your base return on investment should only be 5%. If investors is looking for 7%, then it has to be a best case scenario. So a business can put a confident, how do I put it, like a confidence um, probability on how many times in a month they will reach a best case scenario. If it's less than 50%, then I think they should just go with just 5% for rate of return of investment. So that's how like, financial projection can help them to identify which investment proposal is best for their business. Yeah, yeah, it's good um, that you've discussed um, investment as well, which is something I have no, no idea about. Um, so it's, it's always mm. good to get some, some different areas of expertise for different types of businesses that perhaps are uh, seeking investment. Um, well, that's pretty much all I've got uh, on my questions. Uh, it's been quite an interesting interview, um, and uh, I think there'll be lots of stuff here for, for people thinking of starting a, a small yeah. business or in the early stages or a startup, uh, more of a startup type business. Uh, yes. Thanks very much uh, for coming in and talking to me here, Pratib. It's been no, a no great problem, Nick. Thanks for having me. I think it's a, such a good opportunity and the project that you're doing, like I've been spending like one day just looking through all the videos that you have published before this. So it's been, it's been really good. Very good, very good project. Keep it up. <laughs> great. Thanks for that. And uh, if people want to find out more about you and about your business, where can they do that? Um, I have my own website, which is um, www.silvervale.com.au. So um, that's where that's where you can get more details of the business, and you can, all, you know, I don't really charge for initial consultation. So um, and if you go to an accountant, they can do the financial projection for you, but I think they're going to charge like hundred fifty to three hundred dollars an hour just to talk with you on your business idea. But for me, I take that opportunity to learn about your business model. I learn a lot of things when I talk with entrepreneurs like you. Like I've learned about other things that I'm being missing out in my business. I get a lot of ideas by just speaking with you. So in that sense, like there's always going to be like a learning opportunity for me. So in that sense, like I'm more than happy to just like sit down with any um, have a normal consultation with them.
Yeah, I just we just lost you for two seconds there. Uh, you said sit down with. Yeah, I'm more than happy to like you know have a initial consultation for cost free with um, any startup and entrepreneurs or business owners because that gives them a very good opportunity for them to learn how financial projection can help them, and also a good way for me to learn about their business idea because speaking with entrepreneurs helped me with all my business thinking and stuff. So it's a very good opportunity as well. So all I'm saying is feel free to like contact me. You know, it's a cost free. Stuff um and you know the only way you can find out is by trying so and um there are a lot of books out there that do to like identify the importance of financial projection and modeling so feel free to like check them out and um yeah and hopefully good luck with all your business business adventures. Great, yeah, thanks for that, and that that sounds like a as you say, there's nothing to lose from anyone um contacting you if they mm. are thinking about getting a financial projection so. Uh, definitely, I'll put some links in the show notes for this episode um, yep. on our website, www.webmarketingadelaide.com.au, and uh, we'll have links there to Pranib's website, and um, uh, there'll also be the video, obviously, from this uh, episode and, and the audio up there as well. Um, thanks very much again for joining us on the show. That brings us to the end of another podcast. For more information about this episode and all our others, head to our website, www.webmarketingadelaide.com.au.